Hey, good morning, Bill. How are you? Good. Um, so last time we spoke, you had no update on Jamie Collins, and obviously there's a lot of experience there. But from what you saw of his film in his two games in Detroit this season, what made you want to work with him again? Yeah, well, Jamie has has experience in our system, and um, you know, feel like he gives us some depth at at that spot. He can, you know, has some versatility. So, um, you know, we'll work through it here and see how it goes. From what he's shown you, you know, at least in practice yesterday and meeting since, do you think there's a chance he could play Sunday? Yeah, well, we'll see. I think that really depends, really, on how things go today, and uh, you know, and then we'll talk about the roster and all that uh, after today's practice and tomorrow. Thanks. You're welcome. Next question, Chris Ryan, followed by Mike Chris. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Chris. I wanted to ask you a little bit at the quarterway point of the season about um, your receiving core, particularly the four um, free agent acquisitions. What have you seen from them, and have they impacted the game the way that you would have wanted so far? Yeah, well, I'm glad we have all of them. I think they've, they've all uh, contributed, done a good job, certainly give us some you know, depth and, and quality at that position, you know, along with Jacoby. Um, you know, it's good to get Nikhil back and, um, you know, so that's, you know, th those have all been, you know, positives. But, you know, I think that Hunter and Janu and uh, KB and, and uh, Nelly have all have all helped us. And, you know, they, they do different things, but they complement each other. And I think the more time we spend together and more time they work with, you know, Mac, who's, you know, another new part of this, uh, you know, that that'll keep continuing to move in a positive direction as it has so far. And generally speaking, each player is different, right? But is is there a time period where you feel it, it, it takes four players to get acclimated with what you want them to do, particularly on the offensive side of the football? Yeah, well, there's always a big benefit to, um, you know, experience in general, but more importantly, experience in, in a system and experience working with, you know, those players that you mentioned, whether it's the receivers and tight ends or whether it's the quarterback and the, you know, the timing of routes and so forth. But there's different different distributions and, and um, you know, meshes and releases and things like that that, you know, the, the receivers themselves are involved in. And then there's the timing with the quarterbacks and, and then there's the, you know, overall offensive system. So um, you know, I think that's continued to, to get better every week. Um, you know, we had a couple weeks in the preseason where we didn't have everybody available. And, and uh, you know, we had, you know, we're working uh, Cam and Mac, both at quarterback. But, you know, as things have stabilized here in the last few weeks, uh, I think that's, that's definitely trending in the right direction. And um, the productions um, generally followed that. And we still, you know, have, have a long way to go, but I think that's that's moving in the right direction. But again, offensively, it takes all 11 guys. It's not just about a quarterback and a receiver. And so, you know, just overall offensively, our, our production execution, um, you know, can move to a higher level as well. So that, that includes everybody. Question Mike Reese, Fulbright Bob Susan. Morning, Bill. Um, I want to ask about the offensive line with four of the top five guys not practicing the last two days. What is your level of concern with that spot right now? Uh, well, well, again, I think today will will uh, you know help clear some of that up. And um, but whoever has the opportunity, I'm sure they'll make the most of it. And you know, I know the guys that are 
uh, didn't practice or are working as hard as they can to be ready to go. And the guys that did are likewise preparing. And if they get an opportunity, I think they'll be ready to go too. So we'll see how it all plays out. I don't know. And then um, I just want to follow back on one thing. When we were talking on Wednesday and um, you were asked a couple of questions on, on Stefan, I think you, you mentioned something like you've said all you can say right now. And then a little while after that, you know, the trade was consummated. And I'm just wondering now that the trade is done, you know, to Carolina, like is, was there something else that you, did you want to close that loop or, or what, was there something else to say is maybe my question. No, I, I had my comments on stuff. Nothing's changed there at all. Certainly. Um, you know, I was being questioned about, you know, the process of us parting ways and so forth. And, um, it ended up the way it did, but I wouldn't have been able to say that at that point in time. And so, you know, I didn't want to mislead anybody or, or say something. And then, you know, after retracted or whatever, you know, I know, I know you want all the up to the second information. Um, but sometimes things just aren't finished, you know, at a particular point in time when I'm available or, or you ask the question. And so I don't rather than give the wrong answer. I'd rather wait and, you know, let things develop and, you know, be accurate. A question, Bob Simpson, followed by Phil Perry. Good morning, Bill. Bob. Bill, uh, Matthew Slater had the hit, um, the other night in the punt that jarred the ball loose and that play of course was negated by penalty but looking back over the start of this season and really a good chunk of last season there haven't been many fumbles forced uh, by uh, your team and I'm, I'm curious I heard Nick Casario actually in an interview he was talking about the Texans Bills game and they had three fumbles by the Bills that Buffalo recovered uh, but he used the term tackling the football I'm just curious you know what the balance is there when you try to make plays on defense and you want to get the ball out, but yet at the same time, you have to stay true to the fundamentals of tackling. And basically, how can you get more takeaways when it comes to fumbles? Right. Well, that's a, you know, it's a good question. It's, I think that's a, a lengthy answer. Um, I mean, first of all, if you look at the majority of the fumbles, um, you know, there's a high percentage of them that come at the quarterback position. Some of those are in the act of throwing or in the pocket or, that kind of thing. And so that's kind of, I would say, a whole different category. Um, when you look at other fumbles by running backs or, you know, tight ends and receivers, generally speaking, after they've caught the ball, um, you know, they kind of fall into another category too. But to your point, there's the balance between just grabbing at the ball and missing tackles, um, you know, and then there's, so you get into situations like, um, you know, like Damien's touchdown against the Jets, you know, the Jets are a good ball disruption team and they try to tackle the ball and, you know, Damien was able to, to get through a couple of those tackles and, and score. So, um, you know, I think the, the two best fumble, you know, cause fumble opportunities are to, as part of the tackle, try to put pressure on the ball and, uh, or for the, you know, the second or third player in to try to, to try to get the ball out. And, and then you have the situations where the runner, you know, can't see the tackler. So coming from behind or coming from the side, uh, where the runner's really not looking, sometimes there's opportunities there. So, um, 
you know, I think our, our players are, are aware of it. I think there are a lot of good examples where they are trying to get it out. Um, and, you know, that's, some of that has to do with the either good or not so good ball security that the, that the guys who have the ball are, are using. So, um, you know, combination of all those things. But we want to try to force that out as much as we can. And I would say that some, some players are more vulnerable to having the ball dislodged from them than others are. Um, but we want to try to attack all of them. You never know when, when somebody's going to you know, slip up a little bit and give you that opportunity. Thank you. Welcome. Our next question, Phil Perry, followed by Hey, Bill, I had a question about yards after the catch um, offensively. Is, is there a reliable way to try to generate more in that regard? Is it is it to you, is it a scheme situation? Is it just an individual player, you know, breaking a tackle situation? I'm sure there are a few things that factor into it, but um, I just wondered how you how you view that portion of offense. Is it is it gravy? Um, you know, are you are you expecting yards after catch in, in certain situations? Yeah. Well, I think any player that has the ball, um, you know, there's a certain amount of yards. Let's call it that are are going to be a result of the actual play. So how run is blocked. Um, how deep the receiver catches the ball, whatever position the player plays, wherever the receiver catches the ball, is he 15 yards downfield, is he three yards downfield, like whatever it is. Uh, and and then there's a certain amount of yards, I would say, that that would go with that play based on the, the position and the leverage of the players around them. And then I think the real question is, how much does the player with the ball gain, um, let's call it on his own, you know, from where he could have been tackled or should have been tackled, let's say, to what what he actually gets on the play. So that's, I think there's a lot of different ways to, it's a little bit subjective, but I think there's different ways to look at that. So, you know, if a runner gets hit and is able to drive forward for, you know, three extra yards versus getting driven back, then that's three extra yards that I'd say he gets on his own or player catches a pass and, you know, looks like he's in a situation where he either could or should be tackled, but he's able to avoid or break that tackle and, and gain extra yards beyond that, then those are, are yards on his own. Um, you know, I think if you just throw the ball at somebody and there's nobody within 10 yards of him and he runs 10 yards and gets tackled, that's a lot different than than 10 yards of there's a guy right there to tackle him on a 30-yard line and, and he avoids him or breaks the tackle and gets to the 40 like those 10 yards are a little bit, you know, different in the way I, and I think the way we look at that. So, you know, sometimes the yards after catch come as part of the, as part of the running or the skill of the player um, in the open field. But sometimes, um, you know, the real, the real tell of it is how much the player gains with the ball in his hands after somebody has a chance to tackle him. And just this sort of gets back to Chris's question from earlier, but is that something that you think could be improved with Max and your receivers just having more time together and maybe that connection um, developing where they're 
you know, those targets are maybe leading to more yards after catch because they're seeing things the same way. Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, I think that's, I think that we're not in a bad spot there. I think generally speaking, uh, Mac puts the ball in a place where the receivers can run with it. I mean, you know, if you're a receiver running a crossing pattern, a ball's thrown behind you where you have to turn around, stop, catch it. Well, that, that hurts your opportunity to run with the ball. If you catch the ball, you know, in stride and, and are able to, you know, maintain the momentum and the separation that you've created in the route, then that, you know, enhances your run to catch opportunities. And that's really, you know, a focus and a, and a, it's, you know, relative to the accuracy and the placement of the ball by the quarterback more than really could be by the ability of the runner um, at that point. Now, once the player gets the ball and is running with it, then it totally falls in the hand of the guy carrying the ball. So, uh, again, I think there's a number of different ways you can look at that. But overall, I think Mac's been, been pretty accurate um, that the receivers haven't had to work, you know, excessively to just make the catch. Um, and so the, he puts them in that position, and then it's really up to them to, uh, you know, gain yards. We work on those we work on those running drills every day, um, and I think there's a lot of good examples of players gaining extra yards based on good running skills. Um, and then there are other examples where we could get a little more out of it sometimes. And so we talk about that, and I think they I think the players understand that, and they've got to make quick decisions as to how's the best way to gain yards. All, we're all trying to gain yards, but there's definitely a, a skill to that, and and we, we work on it on a regular basis. So. Hope that answers the question. Last two questions will be Evan Lazar and Dakota Randall. Hey, Coach, I wanted to ask you about taking a player off the practice squad and elevating them and then installing them into the game plan. And is that, would you say, a pretty big difference in a work week for a practice squad player? Uh, thinking of maybe like Miles last week, for example, who is a big part of the game plan one week, but it might be on the practice squad, uh, you know, in other situations. Well, I, I think I've been anybody that's been around the national football league very long and certainly around our team very long knows that, um, things can happen quickly. Things can happen, um, from Wednesday to Thursday, from Friday to Saturday, sometimes from Saturday to Sunday. Um, and that's, that's the nature of the National Football League. Um, things change, uh, and certainly we're in a situation now with, you know, for example, COVID. Uh, but it, you know, it could come up just on on regular, you know, flu or upset stomach or, um, you know, a variety of things. Something that an injury that, you know, gets aggravated late in the week. So all of our practice squad players. Um, are instructed and, and coached to prepare every week like they're going to play. And I learned a long time ago that, you know, being prepared and not getting the opportunity in the long run is still uh, a very valuable exercise. And then when you do get the opportunity, you know, those other times that you've prepared will just help you prepare better now during this time when you actually get it. So I think that's really the mindset that the practice squad players, um, do work with and are told to work with and the decision of whether they're active or not is not something they can control that that's out of their hands what they can control is is their preparation um and and their performance when they get a chance and that's really what they should and 
hopefully do focus on. Um, so that's that's really how we how we handle it. You know, they they should be prepared whether they get the opportunity or not, not the reverse of I'm not going to do anything and then I get the opportunity and now I'm going to all of a sudden. Um, you know, try to try to put my foot on the gas and push it all the way down. That that's just not, it's just not a good way to, I would say, prepare to prepare. And last question before me. Hey, hey, Bill. Uh, Jacoby Myers certainly isn't the first quarterback turn receiver that we've seen throw passes in this league. But Kendrick Bourne yesterday spoke really highly of how natural. Uh, Jacoby has been called upon to pass. Is he especially good at that in your eyes? And you know, what do you look for in a player uh, to feel comfortable in calling those kinds of plays? Uh, well, you look for a player who would make good decisions and is accurate. Um, so, uh, former college quarterbacks are, um, you know, guys who at least have some experience. You know seeing if the receiver's covered or if he's open. It's not a one-time thing. They've done it before, so like Julian or um, or Jacoby or, you know, players like that that, that played that position in college. Um, you know, you, you need for him to see if the receiver's open and not just, you know, throw it there because that's the where the dotted line on the page is, is put. Um, and then if he's open, then to be able to put it on him and – and, and be accurate. So, um, you know, players like, again, Kevin Falk and uh, Julian and Jacoby and guys like that that have those skills and those abilities are are kind of the guys you want to throw the ball. You don't want to just throw it up there for grabs and, and turn the ball over. Um, but if the play design works and the players are open, you want somebody that can, that can put it on. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, everyone. Great. Thank you.